Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com if you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com that's terryryan2020 at gmail.com Ladies and gents, boys and girls, welcome to episode 82 of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. <clears throat> Signing out of Sudbury, Ontario today. It seems like I've been here for about six months. How long have I been here? Late October. Late October. Man, so anyway, first of all, um thanks to everybody involved with this show some of them listen even those who don't whatever they don't need to hear it but uh for the listening public the producers and uh everybody not just the producers the crew it's a family here on this show called shorzy you'll you'll see it soon if i haven't mentioned that a thousand times in the last three or four episodes uh anyway they treated us just awesome and um Hopefully we get to come back and continue the journey. Uh, all indications seem that it's, I mean, I, I have no idea how it's going to do, but, you know, I, I, I'm assuming a lot of hockey fans are going to be curious, but what I'm saying indications that it's, it's, it's going to be a positive, I don't want to say, 
there's indications, I think, that it's going to be a good show. And I'm only assuming that from being there every day and, and seeing the process. And uh, one of the, uh, God, how do I turn off these notifications? Um, yeah, so the process. So, you know, this a lot of the people in this show are hockey players that hadn't acted before. So to see them, and, and you know, I mean, I've acted, but there's actual actors in this as well that, you know, have made it their living for their whole lives, have moved away at a young age. Like Ryan McDonald, my guest last week, McDonald, you know, that treated acting like I treated hockey. So, like, I, I consider myself a little bit of a hybrid. And this was certainly the biggest uh, opportunity I've ever had. But, uh, you know, I've acted a little bit. I knew what, what kind of went into it. A lot of the guys here were just first time. And, and they did a fantastic job. And to see their characters come to fruition, you know, and, and uh, right in front of you is quite a wild experience and i'm not sure if every actor gets to gets to uh experience that you know and grow uh you know i compare everything to hockey it's it's like when you meet people you know i went to tri-city uh the first time and you know you meet these people in camp and you know after camp you've made some sort of a bond with a few of them for me it was like mark hurley and mark stefan guys i already knew like sheldon surrey and you know, then after the first month or two of the season, you get to know Damon Lankow, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Lynch, a few more, Ryan Marsh. And then, you know, you, you, you become a team because you see each other for a couple hours a day, right? You're in there and you're practicing together and then you're playing a game at night or whatever you're doing. And, um, and you grow together. Well, here you're on set for like 15 hours a day and then you're in the hotel and well, 15, but I, Many days we did do 15. We generally, they're not going to waste your time. A couple of days we had like a scene or two, but even then you got to rehearse and you, you're working together. So you get all these compounded hours, like in a small amount of time. So you're spending more hours together than I'd spend with one of my best friends in a full year or, or two years, you know? Um, so you become you know it's one thing to say you know you gel and become a team but what what what's the process you know and so you gotta learn to trust and respect each other and that might be in the form of a secret or sticking up for a buddy if he's hung over or, or, or you know helping him out if he sleeps in or she lots of women on this show um so anyway it was just it was a nice it was a nice experience. I'm leaving on the eight o'clock flight tonight. I'll, I, I will be happy to get back to Newfoundland. And the biggest reason for that is my daughter, man. I, I, I find it so hard to, to not see her, even in the days of FaceTime and all that stuff. I mean, uh, I almost, yeah, I mean, it's just so hard, but this has to be done. And I don't know if I mentioned, but, you know, over the we've had some ups and downs as a family. And by that, I mean, myself, my parents, uh, Danielle, uh, Penny Lane and Tyson, who I've mentioned, or BJ's son, who I helped to raise. So I'm Alberta now. And um, it's been like a roller coaster in many ways. And my daughter wants a white Jeep Wrangler type thing. And we got a couple of little modest houses picked out and that's my goal. And, uh, getting work like this for 
for a couple months straight, but it was definitely help that dream come to fruition. And, uh, you know, we weren't always in that position. Danielle's doing a lot better now with, uh, she's got a company, uh, Penny Posh. I'm sure I mentioned it to you guys before. Women's wear, the hoodies are unbelievable. If you ever want one, just DM me and I'll find a way to throw in a book or something for just a few extra bucks. Mm. But she started the company women's wear reimagined. So she designed these hoodies and jackets that had kind of grow with you while you were pregnant. There wasn't much of that on the go. There still really isn't. And now she's designed some, uh, what do you call them? Like full out, like body suits, workwear. Oh God. Oh my God. The coveralls. So she's got a great mind for it. Uh, and recently, you know, she's sold some more hoodies, works at home managing restaurants. And uh, she's worked at Merchant Tavern for a while. Not sure now she's got her hand in a few different pots around town. Um, great personable woman that, uh, but you know, we, were, we always weren't in a favorable position financially. And it's been a roller coaster ride, but you know, now the podcast is, is becoming more, uh, more popular and uh, getting more gigs like this. Certainly helps, but uh, I, take, I don't take it for granted. Uh, especially in this world of COVID, man. Shit can kick you. And I'm convinced a lot of people, when they say mental health issues, I mean, it's just natural, right? If you, a lot of times for me, it was money. And, and, and I'm not saying I'm out of the woods or I'm, I don't want to give anything away. I think just like anybody, it's, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, in the middle, not making, uh, you know, I don't know what to say. I describe it, you know, there's separation of classes or whatever. Like I, you know, I've usually been in the middle. I've teetered and uh, close to the end of both, both ends of its spectrum. Uh, but, you know, a lot of time people worry and it's, it's often about money or it's about missing family or, you know, there's a reason for a lot of mental health issues. I mean, some people are born with it. I know I'm born with a certain level of anxiety I look at my mom and my dad. If you hear my dad tell a story and then you talk to me, you'll probably see that, hey, there's a common denominator there. Good storytellers, maybe, yes, I may, I'll take that one. But, you know, there's a level of, we've never been tested for ADHD, but it, it, there could be something like that going on. Not, not that, you know, sometimes it's not always a bad thing. Whatever extra energy and uh, what's the sense of, maybe eccentric or whatever. I, I know I'm, I'm a bit hyper, but you can use that to your advantage. Like I said, I just think we're all born differently. And a, a lot of things, no matter, you know, my, my positive energy and anxiety can harness itself the other way too. If I got some bad relationships or friends are treating me shitty or, or money's on my mind, or I don't see my daughter or, or, or parents or whatever it might be, or friends. But once in a while, you get in a little pocket in life that, you know, you can take a breath. And this is kind of one of those, um, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm just saying it was, it was a great experience. I hope Shorzy continues, but uh, as an actor, kind of like, you know, my, my 15 minutes in the show, like I walked away from it. I probably didn't appreciate it as much at the time as I should have just given that I'm, to be honest, I felt like a bit of a failure, but, but in, in retrospect, you know, I'm like, fuck, you know, that was wild. I, I got to, you know, I'm a hockey player and I got to be in the Montreal Canadiens room. Uh, 
if, if nothing else, as a fan, like I, I did it, like I got there, it wasn't long, but like, I, there's not much more unless you like playing the Olympics, you know, there's, there's not many more places that you can, you know, actually receive a paycheck playing on the team. I did that now in the acting world. I mean, never, ever be in another reputable movie or film again, or TV show or, and that might be true, but just for this little bit of time, We've completed one season, and I can say it, you know, I've, I, I saw the world through the eyes of a character in a TV show for six episodes, and what a fucking blast it's been. Anyway, thanks. And as an extension of that, please, for fuck's sakes, no, just to answer 800 of you at once, no, I can't get you in Shorzy. Holy fuck. The amount of people, hey, if you ever need a hockey player, you know, I'm here. Just let them know. I'm like, man, I don't do anything. I don't have anything to do with casting. It exists. It's out there. And I'm not going to go with 800 people and just go, look, all these people, you know, it's it can be done. Just go online for those sort of things. Just so many messages. And it's Christmas time. And um, anyway. I hate, I hate to say this, but I got to because a lot of the people listening and a lot of people sending messages. Look, I know a lot of you are going through a hard time. I get it. And, and you know, if, if you want to... Oh, God. I can't say if you want to talk because the phone's going to... I can't help everybody. So, like, I get... Okay, for example, I'm driving... We're, we're working the other day and, you know, I'm driving with Jordan Nolan. And I had to show him because like, we're getting ready to do a couple scenes and I'm trying to remember these lines. And I'm looking down and there's, like... I've got maybe 30 messages. So I said, just look at this, Jordan. So he looks and, and just to tell you that someone witnessed this, I'm not making it up and I'm not trying to be Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm not, but I get a lot of message like, Hey, Terry, you know, this so-and-so has a daughter or son who's a cancer or whatever. And it's, it's so, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I was literally crying in the seat on the way to do our scene. But I get like dozens. Can, can, can you let Ron McClain know for hometown hockey? Can you tell Jason Momoa? Um, can you send this? Can you? And look, man, like I appreciate it. I'm not, but even like thinking of me, but I, I can't deal with it. There's dozens. It's heartbreaking. First of all, each message is like an emotional overload. If I know you fine, or I know somebody and I wasn't aware, then that's different. But look, I just can't help everybody. And not only that, I feel bad. So with each message, I do pass them on. And and sometimes it, it creates hard relationships for me that it's it's it makes them tense you know do you think ron mcclain wants fucking 150 messages a year from me saying like can you do this can you do this can you do then it becomes i'm just trying to use him and i'm not because i don't even ask him for anything like these people are my friends but i don't ever ask him the people that ask me for stuff i don't even know them but like and that's why i'm like man it's weird to send me that message like i've never even spoken to you you know like i i don't do that to them that's why i'm their friend Right. I, I just. And so. But then I feel bad. So I, I end up bothering them because I poke at them for other people that I don't even know. And it really plays on my mind. And when you talk about mental health issues, look, I'm telling you, and I will if you see me in person or something. But. You know, just. I hate to say it. But just think if you can, if, if I can help fine or if you want something that's realistic. But 
you know, these these tragic stories and look down and see like, I won't say dozens a day, but sometimes, but at least 50 a week, at least that. At least that. So in some form or another, but fuck. And I feel bad, but I, ju I just can't get to them all. And, and it gets, it plays on my mind, to be honest. Fuck, that took a morbid turn. But by all means, if you see something, if you're, you know, especially if you're, if I'm at home in Newfoundland and I, I don't know, uh, if it's just a simple, hey, hey, Terry, can you send a message to my daughter something? Good luck in her game today. That's totally different. That's totally different. I mean, the type that, hey, I know so-and-so and he's a huge Jason Momoa fan. Um, he's got three months to live. You know, I, I'm just like, what do I do with that? You know? Can I cheer him up in some way? You know, it's a little bit different. Anyway, even so, there's just too many, and I can't help everybody. And I'm, uh, I hate to even say that. I just, I'm, or else I'll just start and not answering my messages, and then everybody loses. Um. Anyway, you know, there's nuances. Figure it out. If just figure it out, you know, just figure it out. Um. The referees, I think, across sports, they're getting a lot of shit, right? If you, if you think, just like when I always said growing up, you know, why would I ever want to be a ref? Refs don't get noticed. You know, all they get is chirped. Every home rink you get to go into, the home rink thinks you're fucking them over, so you got to take all that bullshit from wherever. If it's minor hockey, you could be talking to fucking Clamville Caribou's peewee team or the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? The, the players are always going to argue calls. It's just the nature of it. Fans, they're all going to think the ref is either fucking over the home team and then you got to take it. You got to sit there and have some big balls to take insults the whole time. Or the, the visiting team is going to say you're being a homer just because you call like a trip the wrong way or something. So I, I've always had, I guess, some level of sympathy some level but i was a dick earlier in my life and i mean that if there's one teddy murphy if you're out there teddy's from st john's made it a long way man was a line linesman like when i was growing up and stuff for a few years older than me but he made it to the american hockey league you know like and um i ended up playing in st john's for the, well, in the american league for three or four different teams but i played in st john's mate or who was it actually i yeah, I was playing on the Leafs one year and I uh, got in an altercation on the ice and I tried to get at Steve Beijing. Played in the NHL, real good two-way player, pretty tough guy. Actually knocked me down once you know, when we squared off. But I was trying to get back at him. Anyway, and I kind of fell down and then I went to punch him and I, I like reached over a couple people and I popped Teddy. It was the only time I recall being suspended i might have been suspended once more and, and actually i was in, in fredericton that's a totally different story but it was the only time that i was suspended for anything like unsportsmanlike I, I just wasn't that kind of player but man i popped him and then it was like the next year so i was like the next year i was 24 and, and i was playing if you can believe this the inline provincial championships the roller hockey provincial championships in in st john's which you know roller hockey's a laugh fairly competitive and we all made it competitive because we were young hockey players and you know all the pro guys played ryan clo was playing he was just about 18 or 19 then um 
Teddy Purcell was awesome, uh, you know, and everything, all those guys around that, all the pros and juniors. And so it was a great league and everything. And my dad at the time, I guess, fuck, we're talking 20 years ago. His dad would have been in his senior, would have been in his late 40s. He was playing. And fuck, man, like Teddy made a call. So I'd already punched him in the face in a game and gotten suspended. I, I didn't really talk to him. Back then, I wouldn't talk shit out. I'd just like act tough, but I really didn't mean it. He knows that now. But um, he made a call anyway in overtime. And looking back, like it was, I was just spitey because I, I really probably did deserve it. It could have gone either way. I think in overtime, it was like three on three or something. I, I might have pulled somebody down. And it was the championship game. Okay. Again, it's a provincial championships, but it's, you know, it's inline hockey. And, you know, so yeah, anyway, I he, he calls me, I get a penalty, I go to the box. I'm pissed off, I'm freaking out. They score right away, they win it. And we come off, man, and me and my dad gave him so much shit. I mean, fucking gave it to him. Dad had his hands behind his back saying, Oh, they're gonna take me to Her Majesty's now, are you? You fucking prick, like, you know, that's the jail at home, another name for the jail. And um, anyway, I gave it to him, called him fucking everything. Went upstairs, took my stick, smashed up this nice stereo I had. Bought in L.A., like I remember loving that stereo. And, and for what? And like, I'm all, I was so fired up. And it took years. But I remember calling Teddy one time and going, dude, like, fuck, man, I'm I'm. I'm I'm really sorry about all that. And from that point on, I, I made sure to, 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 to shake the ref's hand at the end of every game. I, I mean, sometimes I forget or like I'm off with a fight or an injury. But I mean, you know, still, and this will probably, this definitely will be my last year of senior hockey when I go home and I'll finish it out. But, you know, since then, and at home, you know, seniors run very professionally. And I've played for, you know, I guess, ever since right around then, because I hurt myself playing pro right so i couldn't play all those games when did i start senior i guess it would have been like oh four oh five so you know i've always made a point and i treated other referees Stephen Orr is my cousin chris bishop just to name a couple poorly at the beginning of it all and um i was always after that kind of sympathetic because i've never really been a ref but i try to put myself in the position and you can kind of do it if you're on the bench looking at the game unfold I don't think most of the time they're trying to fuck anybody. They, they might the odd time make a call to be a bit of a hero or something. Like I, I guess, you know, subconsciously, but I, I don't think the vast majority of the time they're not mad at me or it's not. And you, and you got to realize that. And it takes, it takes a while as an athlete. And I'm sure the same in the NHL, it would be different if you see there's people are always going to snap, right? Dowdy's every 10 penalty is going to lose his mind, but it's probably different with Drew Dowdy now than when he was 20. Um, maybe, maybe not, but for a lot of guys, I know it is for me. Definitely. I didn't even think about it in my mind until I was like in my mid twenties and that's late, but yeah. Uh, I was like, you know, every ref was out to get me. It was just subconscious. I just went into every game and the ref was a bit of a villain every fucking game. I'm serious. Wild. Isn't it? Like, and, and there's no reason for that. So the point I'm getting to is that I think refs get a bad name, a little bit of a bad. No, sorry. Sorry. They do. But when we all sit there and wonder, like there are. And, and recently it's been more. Football, baseball and hockey, I'm talking now. But, but in, in the NBA, I don't even know how they do it. I don't know how 
they can see like finger on finger when you're shooting for a foul. I mean, I, I really don't, but I find it hard. Like think about it, even in football. And I know like once it stops, there's a camera and everything, but like, even just to over the years, like to, to flag down a play. I mean, there's so much happening. And like the other day, like people were like, how the fuck did the ref miss that? You know, like when, when it's like an open ice hit in hockey, but like, we all wait for the replay and it's it, an open ice hit is either like, unbelievably well executed because when you slow it down, if you don't hit the head first or even close, because it's hard to, to do that. Right. You'll, so you either see, and you don't often don't know. So it's either going to be a headshot, which is horrible, or you're going to see, Oh, well, by look, McCarr hit him pretty fucking. I think it was Cal, Cal McCarr the other day. Like, but you had to wait. But when the replay happened, you're like, Oh, the guy had his head down and no, his head didn't get hit first. But it takes like you got to slow that down. So what was it? Oh, it was the Leafs one. Uh, was it uh, Rasmus Sandin? Is that it? The D man there. <clears throat> and obviously, when you slow it down, it looks horrible. But like, and it really does. And you're like, how did the ref miss that? And they they do get most of them. But I can totally see how they miss one or two because you, when a knee on knee, if you're not looking right at it, you don't know first of all which guy's knee went out there first. I mean, obviously, usually the guy with the puck. Now, as he's going for him, sometimes you either stick your knee out or it's kind of unfortunate. You might get a kneeing penalty, but it's not a suspension. And that was pretty bad. But there are four officials out there. So, like, what I'm saying is, like, split second, like, anything. And even when it happened, I was watching live, and I was like, okay, like, I got to wait for the replay on that one. You know, because we, we – and if you're out there as a ref – and you just got a split second and you know that everybody's looking, but like, you don't want to, be, I'm, I'm sure they're trained not to blow their whistle right away. Cause I'd be that way. I'd be like, every time I thought I saw something, I had 20,000 people in the building. I'm blowing the whistle. I would be trigger happy. I would, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'd be a shit ref. But the reason that they miss so much is because it's hard. It's fucking hard to catch these. Like we're talking about a fraction of a second and like a finger when it comes to football, say. Um, and it's more the roughness stuff. I, I can see football mostly seeing, you know, did the ball hit the ground or not? But even then, sometimes it's a tough call. And people go fucking crazy. Now, I know there's bad reps out there. But just think about the themes. If you listen to sports shows in the last two years, say, in every sport that you're interested in listening to, there's been at least a half dozen days where it's more refs ruining the game or umpires than anything else. And you got to figure like they're professionals. They want to keep their job. They're doing the best they can do, but the human eye can only catch so much and it's got to be looking right at the play or else you second guess it. You know, how the fuck did he miss that offsides? Well, I'll tell you how, because like, I don't know, someone fucking coughed and, row two or there's a rocket sitting right behind the fucking glass on the other and he glanced because he's a human and he glanced for a second and that's how fucking jeff's carter scored and it was offsides like and you can't blame him once in a while fuck like you know and that's the easiest of it being i guess a linesman and just looking at the line and the puck not that you're only going to look at that i just i'm just saying that the example i used offsides christ Guy goes into a scrum and I, I mean, I don't fucking know. How do you know? Sometimes even the hit from behind. I mean, that, that's the most obvious one to me because as soon as you see the letters, 
if you hit the guy, it's a penalty. And and but they usually get that one. <laughs> right? But these ones like high stick, and you're like, I'm sure sometimes they look at Jesus Christ, should I call that? I don't know. I don't really know. And they're like, Do I blow the whistle? And oh, now it's a two-on-one. Do I blow the whistle now and fucking blow it down and be even worse if it wasn't a play? Now, do we want to go robotic with it and have all computers? No, we fucking don't. That's not what I'm saying either. Just saying, let's relax on it a bit. That's the way the game is, right? Could be the shittiest call possible. Okay, it's a shitty call. Might bounce back the other way. You might get the next shitty call. You usually will even out. I don't know, ask a baseball player. Got to be an analytics on that. I'm sure a lot of them think I'm getting fucked. That was a ball. It was a strike or sorry, a ball, not a strike. Shouldn't have struck out. For I bet you the law of averages says that sometimes at the end of the year they had <laughs> it either evened itself out like close to, or sometimes they were fucked. By the end of the year, they had more calls for them and some years more against them. I would guess. Rarely is someone going, you know what? There's a prospect. He's 21 years old. He's going to Michigan State, State and he can really hit a curveball. Fuck him. We're going to fuck him. Wait till he's fucking done. I don't care if he plays till he's 40. We were never going to give him a call. That's fucking never happened, and it never will. Are there reasons now? Maybe. Maybe someone's banging a ump's wife or some shit like that. I'm not saying there's not unforeseen circumstances. Nuances in all these judgment calls. I'm just fucking saying. I don't think they want to keep their jobs, man. Do you think they want to go back to fucking driving a taxi or some shit? No. They want to keep their jobs. It's just hard for them to do a good job. And for fuck's sakes, let's put their names back on their jerseys. If anybody listens to this from the NHL, I, I, I don't. It's preposterous. I don't get it. All they do is get shit on. And fucking absorb negativity. No one's going to notice when they go out and make a, a, a great game, especially linesmen. You're, you're expected to get. No one comes over and says, hey, man, way to go. You got every offsides tonight. But. Uh, yeah, I think they should have their names on their jerseys and get at least a little bit of recognition. I think they should be included in hockey card sets as well. Where, where is their union on this shit? Fuck, how, how am I sitting here in a business room, call it that, in Sudbury, Ontario, in December, talking into a microphone on my podcast with no guest today again? Sorry, I just, you know, I'll get back to that next week. Guys. How am I the one coming up with this? Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, a lot of people asked me what I thought of the Trevor Zegras goal or assist. Zegras, is that how you say it? Zegras. Zegras. I'm going to say Zegras. <clears throat> and, you know, I definitely, if I played against him, let him know I was there. He, there is a sh- shred of cocky t- cockiness to him that I would despise if I was a player, but you know, he's kind of like Spicoli. Is he not? I, I think I heard biz nasty say that on uh, Spicoli's fuck. I'm dating myself there. I was about three years old when it came out. Um, last times at Ridgemont high champagne. Yeah. There's a likability to him. Uh, but listen, I, I, I don't, I know what every old school person is going to say like torts. Like I, I know what torts was getting at. When he said, like, 20 years ago, you know, you get your head taken off. I'll answer that in a second. Let's just say that that's true, okay? Uh, let's just say it's true. Well, 
it isn't 20 years ago though and you know he tried it it's the nhl there's still a lot of hits and a lot of fights right so he did it against buffalo what it, it's like anything like you're a there's soft teams and there's who knows what would have happened 20 years ago there wasn't in anybody's repertoire but all there was always players trying new moves and i i don't know I never really got upset at anybody. I mean, that's that's a little that would have been on another level. Like that would have been like fucking, you know, 1920 driving around a Model T and then just like going to the moon. Like it, it would be have been insane to take that step. But you know, one once one pieces came or a lot lighter and the game did. I mean, people say it went soft. I, I still don't think it's there. I mean, it's not soft, especially not the playoffs. Right? Maybe you can compare now's playoffs to back then's regular. So, like now, would you try that in the playoffs? I, I don't think, you know. But if if you did and it worked, I don't know how many times. I think your own players wouldn't be upset. You you know, every team had a tough guy. I just don't know. I mean, Mike Leg did that. They say the Michigan. Okay, so I played in, against Mike Leg. I remember talking to him about it because even it went viral before it went viral. Like that's the first. Every, like everybody had that on VHS. I saw it like the next day it was ripped uh, and, you know, you started to be able to download it and see it on computer. It wasn't quite social media area yet. I think it was like 99, 2000 around there. Cause I played against Mike, you know, one Oh two, I was in Colorado Springs. It was in Boise in the West coast league. Now, just think of it now as a division of the East coast league. It all absorbed it. Anyway. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, oh, sorry, my phone's going off. He pulled off, that's why it's called the Michigan. I, I guess Mike played at Michigan. I'm fucking, I didn't really look into it, but I remember seeing the goal. He shot right, pulls it over, pulled it off. Like that was 20 years ago, you know? And I remember like, it, I know it happened in college, but still, I don't remember people being mad. Like I started, that's the first time I ever started trying to do it to be totally honest with you. And everybody in practice became a bit, and all now the one pieces were out. That's how quickly that happened. When he did that, I don't think it was one piece area yet. It was almost there. The first one piece I read in my hand was 2000, 2001. It was this big first one. I didn't really like you just like anything like torts, right? Everybody must have a wood stick and no curve. No. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking, fuck those, you know, they break easy, but, quickly started to see that you could stick out a lot of faster with them. Everybody's that could have any hands at all, their game changed overnight. Right. So, I mean, I get way better hands. I wish my ankle didn't get hurt in some ways because my hands got way better playing senior hockey. Cause all of a sudden I just jumped to the one piece, <laughs> but back then anyway, yeah, Mike leg. So like he did that and we were all trying it. And I remember like trying to get a few of the boys to do it in a game. And that was a rough league. There was lots of fights. Jeremy Yablonski was on my team, you know, talking about John Morasti, one of his most famous opponents. Yabo was on my team. Like in Yabo, I guess could have gone and fought someone if they did it, but it wasn't really in our head. Like the first thing we didn't think was like, Oh fuck. If anybody tries that, we're going to kill him. Like every player on our team, the next practice was trying it as soon as we saw it. I remember that distinctly. Um. Quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. 
one of the official sports betting partners of the NFL. And again, the same deal that's been too good to be true is rolling around before, just before the holiday season gets into full swing. A reminder, new customers who bet just $1 on any NFL team to score can win $100 in free bets. So, I mean, it's really the deal of the season. But if Sportsbook is not available in your state from DraftKings just yet, remember, huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And uh, anyway, so, and I'm sure there are. Like, I don't know if I, again, with my little NHL experience, let's say American Hockey League experience, because, I mean, half the, those guys got up anyway. So let's say Wade Bielak played for St. John Flames when I was first up. And uh, he's playing defense. He was a defense. Todd Simpson was playing with him. There you go. Simmer's probably a good example. Um, so had I pulled that off, I guess, you know, I had a reputation as a fairly tough guy. It's up to you, Simmer, if you want to come at me. I just picked the fucking puck up on my stick and shoved it up in the top corner. Made everybody look stupid. At some point, you're going to look stupid coming at me. I'll do it a fucking again. You know, like, I know Zegras doesn't fight, but he, he's opened himself up. What I'm saying, if you do it in a game, you're opening yourself up to that. No, nobody goes after you, fine. I can't see how it's bad for the game. It had to have, like, fucking 40 or 50 million views, like, in the next day, probably, like, over 100 million now. I just don't see how it's a bad thing. You can still get your ass kicked. Like, you know what I mean? There's always going to be hockey players with tempers. If you're in Bantam now and you don't like that the guy did it, go hit him. Hitting's in the game. And there's still tough players. Did you see McDermott and Reeves go the other day? Then that's, that's a heavyweight bout in any era, in any fucking era. Now, do I think the game got softer? I don't even think that's a great word for it because hockey's not soft. Fuck, compare it to the other team or other sports fuck man you're still whacking each other and there's open ice fucking hits and and it's tough like even when it's an accident with john Tavares last year in the playoffs i mean you're you're skating around at that speed then any injury you get accidental or not man might knock you fucking silly for a fucking month or two or a year in my case post-concussion fucking syndrome 96 97 right a fucking calendar year Check that out online. Terry Ryan gets hit, and Damon Lankow and Byron Brisky respond. Check that out. Fucking knock the fuck out for hours. Right? It's a, it's a fucking rough game out there. So, I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting off topic, but Zgras, he, he does seem cocky out there, and I would give him a, a jolt. And that's, that's a push and the pull of it. If you don't like it, go hit them now. Once you do, you're going to have to deal with their tough guy or guys or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, I, 
I think players are just getting more creative. And I think the rough element will always be there. And I think it's the timing of when you do it. And like any predator, like any human nature, you know, if you're like, I, I know because of my morals, not to jump in, I never have, even in a bar fight or something, if there's someone getting two on one, I find that the biggest form of gutlessness is to beat somebody up with somebody else. So like, I would never say it, but, but let's just say it was you're at war and you didn't care about being moral or, or whatever. Like, you know, you would probably be happy about the situations where it's like a two or three fucking versus one, right? Any situation or, but you wouldn't want to be one against someone way bigger or more than, and that's the nature of predator versus prey. So what I'm saying is that when Zegris looks up and sees it's the Buffalo fucking Sabres and no, the worst team and with not much to come at him, even the tough guys don't really give a shit. Then he probably knows, eh, you know, I can do it. You know, it's subconscious. Right? Or do you think he would have done that? Say, talking Ryan Reeves, on a little bit tougher of a team, New York Rangers. Do you think, or, or Philly, do you think he would have done that? I, I, I don't. And I can say that about 20 years ago. I don't know, like, who, who would you have done? I'm trying to think. Like, you know, if fucking... Mick Fakoda, I don't know if uh, Denny Vial, let's take Ottawa. I, I, if, if I'm in front of the net, I'm not going to poke at the puck if Denny Vial is there more. Or, or maybe I would, but you know, I'm, I'm less likely to do it with Denny Vial there than Alexi Ashen because I'm positive Alexi Ashen is going to do nothing. He's going to like look at the ground. He's going to put his face looking at the ground away from me maybe put his glove in my face and wait for the refs to get in at best case scenario make it look like he gives a shit because he's making money and he doesn't want to look bad in front of all those people but i know and he knows that he's not going to do shit so i'm not in any way uh fearful to do anything poke the goalie fucking michigan you name it but i don't know there i tell a story about my last nhl shift against bob probert mark jansons and cam russell no, I probably wouldn't do it with those guys on the ice. That's the nature of it. I think, you know, you could probably say that at any time in any era. But picking it up and making that play. And the, the guy, I forget who even scored it, but he still has to put it in. I, I don't know. I thought it was a brilliant play. If, if I'm playing on the other team, if I'm playing on Buffalo, I would hope that he would think twice about doing it, but you know, the, uh, the circumstances have to be right. Right. For, for everything that includes, he's got to have it behind the net. There can't be that much snow. Right. The guy has to put it in. And one of those circumstances, the team has to give a shit <laughs> and they didn't. And so it all came together, but I don't see how it's bad for the game. If any of those things, aren't in line, then it's not going to happen. And, you know, like I said, he'll probably think twice. But Torts' comments, I thought, were a little odd in that, you know, you're putting yourself in a box there. You want a job, don't you? You're there and you're, I mean, you know, old man yells at Cloud. Fuck. I get what he was saying. And I know I prefer the rough, tough game as well. But you know it's going there, right? You know that it's going to change. So all you can do is embrace it and fuck towards you're going to be a coach again, change it back. Get guys that don't do that. 
and you're up. It's totally up to you to do it. And if you win with guys like that, then fuck every little fucking magic trick out there. But you got the power to do it. And it's the NHL. We'll see what wins out. It's survival of the fittest evolution of a sport. There's a push and a pull and we'll land somewhere. Next time he does it, maybe he gets his teeth knocked out. And then uh, we're back. But, uh, you know, the, the NHL playoffs, that's the The further, you know, the All-Star game now is a joke. Although I'm going to that now. I'll tell you all about that next week. I'm tired. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we are getting far away from, I guess, what Torts is explaining as real hockey. And, you know, I am a fan of that. I, I really am. I, I prefer that. But as we drift away from it, every year the fucking playoffs happens, and every year it's the same. It's knock them down, drag them out. There's probably a little bit less fighting, but there's even fights in the playoffs, man. If I was, you know, for those of you that are traditionalists, and I'm more on that side than not, trust me, I just, I embrace change because everything changes. Nothing is static. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Um. It's always going to change. And so anything you're doing now is going to change. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for the hybrid, right? But the, the playoffs still every year, it, it doesn't change that much. It's, it's, you've got to win four rounds, four games out of seven. And the reps put the whistles in the pocket a little bit, let you play a little bit more. Um, People give a shit more. You know, it's the Stanley Cup. Okay. 82 games gets fucking monotonous. I say that way too many games. It'll never change, but it's way too many for the physicality of the sport. And then playoffs. Are you kidding? Again, think football. People say, well, the football is the roughest sport. They get six, 16 fucking games a year, one a week. <coughs> oh, 17 now, I think. But anyway, and then playoffs is just a one-off. Each round is one game, four fucking games, and you got a ring. Right? Hockey, that's one round. That's like nothing. That's the leap. Everybody shits on the Leafs. The Leafs had, what, three wins in last year's playoffs. One more and they had a Super Bowl. Right? Like, fuck. 28 games in the playoffs in, in the NHL. Which is more than... So just the playoffs to, to the Stanley Cup is more than the football regular season and playoff. So, like, and again, I... Hey, they do it the right fucking way. I'm not saying that football didn't do it the right way. And, you know, you gamble on it. You look forward to it. You look forward to the Thursday, Sunday, Monday. I think it's brilliant. But someone dropped the ball along the way for hockey. And now all those numbers are there. So you want to stay. You know, I like I like it to stay roughly 80 games. I think it went from 80 to 82 in my lifetime. But, you know, you're getting a goalies can come and go. Rules can change. But, you know, you're getting an idea. That's the that's the argue with the area you want. But Gretzky got 215 points. In what eighty games? So if, um, now they play eighty-two. You know, if, if it went down to like forty, it would be drastic. And now all the there's no real barometer for the next player. But it, 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 I, I think still at some point shit changes. But yeah, I'm just saying somewhere along the line, fucking eighty games. Like it's just like there's more exhibition games in hockey. There's sometimes eight and ten exhibition games. It's almost a football season. And it's a hard sport. There's no out of bounds, man. You're going into those boards. Everybody got a weapon. You go in front of the net. Even just blocking a shot, just the act of blocking a shot might break your ankle. Well, it often does. Often. Not sometimes. Often. 
you know, every time you go out to do that, that it's like a fucking murder weapon being blasted at you. I mean, it's fucking nuts, man. It's nuts if you think about it. Then you might take fists in the fucking face. And the, sometimes I'd rather get in a straight up fight than a scrum in front of the net. Sticks going everywhere, visors. Then there's visors everywhere, but they cut. They come down on your fucking head. I mean, it's a fucking nasty fucking battle zone in there. Playoffs is fucking great. I love the scrums, but I mean, it's dangerous. It wears you the fuck down. Now, before I, I don't even know what I'm ranting about, uh, but, you know, and to finish this hockey topic of Trevor Zegers, were we even talking about him, Zegers? In the last 10 minutes, I've been ranting. But, uh, you know, people are like, I've never seen that. Please, though, please. The thought of throwing it over the net is not the first one. And please, we've got to give props to my buddy. Rest in peace, Dale Howard Chuck. I know the I know the clips out there. I know the clip and I was I couldn't find it. And someone put it on Twitter recently. And I hope it got and that I only noticed that last night. As I record this, the, the goal happened about five, six days ago. But um, yeah, Howard Chuck, man. Did that way, he, and he, he, he the puck was coming around the boards, and he flips it over, and no one knew where it was. And he comes out front, and he baseball bats it backhand in. It's fucking crazy, and it's one of those goals that I don't know how over time it got lost. It should be one of the best goals of all time, and you never see it on these on these plays, man. And 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 I just I remembered seeing it on like a VHS tape in like 1996. Because it happened right before my draft year, like either 92 or 93 or 94. So I remember being in Tri-Cities and like showing the boys going, and it, and it was recently happened. But anyway, and I believe, because he's a legendary Winnipeg Jet, I believe he was playing in, in Buffalo at the time, but what a fucking goal. But the thought of doing something like that isn't new. It's just Trevor did the uh, pulled off the new iteration of it. Uh, okay, Terry, what do you think about the NHL and the Olympics? Mike from St. Catharines. I'm actually, a, when I do these solo missions, I try to answer some questions. And I, you know what? It's still lingering with me. What I said earlier about the messages. Look, I, I want to help people. I, I don't even remember what I said. I just feel so bad. But the point is, I can't get to everybody and help them. And my whole, and it consumes me. And there's ways, of course, I can help people. If you see me doing events, I do them. We have, you know, I chronicle everything on, on Instagram and on stories and everything else. If I have something, it's coming up. And if you want to meet me or someone does, that's fucking great. I have time to do those things, especially when I'm home. Come to a senior hockey game. I'll sign a card for you, a picture, whatever it is. Or if you're not in Newfoundland, I don't know, maybe a, a phone call or something. But I'm talking about the people that I haven't met that have a tragic story and then want somebody's number or want something. Even that sometimes I get it, but it's hard for me to like attach myself emotionally to people that I don't know when I've got enough going on in my own life. And I, I do, I do a lot of charitable work. I, I pick my organizations. I donate to, um, you know, I, 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 my time is, there I, I try to space it out and like over christmas i'll definitely you know share my time with people in need but i just don't have the time for all those messages at all is all um nhl olympics getting back to that 
Do I think they're going to go? I, I don't know. And I really, really want to fucking see it. And every minute that you don't get to see Crosby and, and McDavid play together, the odds, you know, and, and not only that, that's just, I want to see it because my favorite goal ever is Lemieux to Gretzky, 1987 Canada Cup. If anybody, there must be a small portion of you that have never seen that. Well, go back and watch it for God. What a story. Game three as well. It's two out of three. Every game was six to five. The Russians won the first one, and then Canada 6-5. Lemieux OT, and then Lemieux, Lemieux again with about, I can't remember, like a minute or two left. And Gretzky to Lemieux. It's the name of a book, I believe, by Stephen Brunt. And um, it's a great book. But, you know, that was just great. And, and in 91, Lemieux was injured. He was out with the cancer of all things. Then when Lemieux won it in, in the Olympics in 2002 was such a key part and was an aging player that it was great to see him, the last great, you know, performance of his. Well, Gretzky was retired. Uh, I think, what was it, 96, there was the World Cup of Hockey and, and, and Lemieux was hurt again, actually in the middle of his first retirement. The guy's incredible. Uh, but I, I, I didn't realize it, but I recently thought about it. And, I, and, you know, that was the only time you saw Lemieux and Gretzky play together. And, and, you know, they, they must have played an NHL All-Star game, but um, that was really it. Unless I'm out to lunch, I, I don't remember that happening. There's only so many opportunities. But they were the kings, you know, like every year. Again, I always say it for 16 years. They won the scoring. So it was just great to watch them play together. And I really think that we need of all the fucking shit, any hockey fan there, everything we've been through in, in the world, I know the pandemic, but as a hockey fan, you know, seeing it through those eyes, wouldn't it be nice to come out of all this and see, uh, you know, the best players. And, and I mean, I don't know, McKinnon and fucking Crosby, you know, there's a lot of storylines Two of the best from Cole Harbor, right. Playing on that team. And so all the young players, and, you know, if you're a Leafs fan, you know, you might get three players on the team. It's just, so many positive storylines for Canadian players and the tournament. I mean, that's just that. I mean, you know, the teams that that are that would that they'd be playing and all the NHL stars in the spotlight more and more every year than more than they've ever been. And this would have been the ultimate stage, you know. And I don't fucking know when was the last time we saw that the Olympics, I guess, and at the last Olympics, the Olympics before maybe, and and maybe they're like they remember the World Cup. It was like young stars back when. <clears throat> was it Matthews and McDavid? I don't know. I, I guess six years. I, I don't know. I know that we haven't had a lot of it. And whenever we have one guy's injured or the other one isn't, this would be a time that we would see them all. And fuck, Carey Price might even play. I just love it. It's my favorite hockey to watch. I know we all think about the Stanley Cup growing up. And I probably have the utmost respect for everybody that's won one. I mean, like I just said, Jordan Nolan just left fucking three Stanley cups. It was an honor to work with him. Hear his stories. But, uh, you know, you don't really think about it as a player, I guess. Well, I never did, but you know, fuck. I'm, I, I love watching more than anything. The tournaments where the national teams play together, man, especially as a Canadian. 
you know, that Crosby moment in 2010 was right up there watching Iggy and Crosby. Seeing players from different eras, right, come together. And it's just beauty, beautiful, beautiful. Now, do I think they're going to go? No, I don't. Now, the, the reason is because, well, obviously we got COVID, right? And I know you're on one side or the other. Fuck COVID, it's not real. And, you know, or, you know, don't send anybody outside the house without a mask. Right. There's a happy medium here. And I don't want to touch on that particular argument because they're going to make a rule one way or the other. But what we do know, whether it's COVID or whether it's fucking. Uh, I don't know. the Fucking Pokemon Go tournament. I don't know. The thing is. That the rules are. If you're found to have it. Right. Or, or test positive, isn't it that you're going you're gonna to stay three to five weeks, weeks. So, A, if I'm an owner, I'm going, fuck that. And as a player, I don't know. Like, I, I know that I'd want to go. I'd still want to go, but I, I know that I'd be making the wrong decision. Just think about it, right? And the odds are probably, like, it's so risky because they probably will. Whatever's going on with this Omnicron, well, I'm fucking sick of it, but, like, whatever's going on, you got to think about what what the repercussions are going to be. Like it's, it's ripping through everything, right? I mean, again, not the argument of, well, see, you've got your vaccine. You're still getting it, whatever. I, I'm, I'm of the belief that if you have it, you have less chance, right? Whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. If you have the vaccine, I figure you get less chance to get it. And, and if you do get it, symptoms are probably going to be a little milder. That's really the school that I'm from. I don't want to hate mail. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm just saying that's the school I'm from. But that's not really the argument. What I'm saying is that whatever rules they come up with, man, you're talking about international travel in any age of a pandemic. It's going to be tough and you don't really know. And if it's five, if it's five weeks and you're going to sit there in China, not only that, imagine the sting if you don't even fucking make me imagine if they go over there and embarrass. Remember that happened like one of those years. To I don't know which year, but fuck, they went over and stunk it up. Imagine if that happens and you have a bad experience and you got to sit there for five more weeks in China and like look at your team online playing and the fucking playoffs starting and like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I do kind of agree with owners there. Not much I agree with owners on, but Fuck, man. Can you let's just say Edmonton? You want fucking like, let's just say Edmonton. How important are those first two? Let's say nobody else. Because there would be other players make other teams, and Nurse would probably make Canada. But think about it. Let's just say McDavid and Drysaddle. Okay, well, if they're gone, the Oilers lose. And you're talking millions and millions. And millions and millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions. And it's still a business. And you got a fan base. It's not all money. You got a fucking fan base. A lot of them are going to be pissed off. Why is Connor McDavid right now sitting in China in a hotel room? Right? Playing PlayStation. What would you do? Like, I, fuck, I, I don't know. I kind of agree with the cautious side of it. Um, and there are going to be people and 
again, I understand we all went through a hard time and but you know there the, the, there's no matter what traveling is always going to probably carry the biggest risk so you know the more variants there are and the more it catches it and when a variant starts does it really stop right if you hear oh there was no cases in ontario yesterday then there was 16 cases on thursday and then there was 45 on saturday do you think on monday is going to be more or less right yeah so we're at the start of that with this omicron whatever so i i don't know I don't think they're going to play. Um, I fuck, I'm pissed off about it. But what I'm wondering is who will play? Who would get the call in that situation? Just players that are willing to do, because I mean, it would be the same on other pro teams. Like if you were playing in KHL or the German league or, you know, wherever in the world, you would probably feel the same. Would it be, you know, players independent from the East Coast League and or like AHL players on you know pro contracts but not NHL contracts I mean I, I don't know how that works there used to be like a program there used to be a national program I remember Canada in like early 90s I was I was in Cornell BC so I guess like 92 maybe 93 and uh, Dwayne Norris from Newfoundland father of Josh Norris Great player with the uh, Senators. He was playing. Eric Lindros was playing. I think Lindros like wasn't. He was holding out of the NHL because of that whole first overall to Quebec thing, maybe. Maybe. But I believe he played in it. Anyway, we were watching. It was electric. But you could just go, like, at the beginning of the year, there was a national program, and they carried, like, 40 people, and they would go and play all these teams. Actually, you know, Taran Samwith, who's been my guest and one of my best buddies, and I'm going to see him in February at the NHL All-Star Game. Spitting chicklets, check it out. The uh, ball hockey tournament. I'm going for that. You can still register. Um, what was I going to say? So, what was I going to say? Oh, Sam Man, yeah, played for the national program. We have had a few actually. I'd like to ask him more questions. But anyway, that used to happen. So, those guys would go to the Olympics. And then, you know, the NHLers started going. I don't remember when, but in 98, it was in Nagano because that was the year that Gretzky didn't get asked to shoot. Imagine that. Five shooters, and you've had the greatest goal scorer of all time. Probably would be broken soon, but, at you know, at that time by far. And he was still playing. And, you know, I know he tailed off and became more of a passer than anything in his, like, second half of his career. But I, I still don't care. Wayne Gretzky always – he was just a moment guy. He knew how to take advantage of the moment, right? Eight, eight or the year he broke the, the the game, he broke the goal scoring record was when he was traded to LA back in Edmonton. You know, whenever they needed a goal, it just seemed he would score. It, it, I mean, he was the same way, right? Scored on his first shot, scored on his last shot. There's always this level of drama. It always like it's like Michael Jordan, like Tiger Woods, fucking wild. Those guys of the era. It was a treat to be like a sports fan because you were watching like they, they weren't just good. They were good, like in the zone, like game on the line. You fucking know it. You know it. You know who's going to be in on it. Right. Lemieux, Gretzky, it's happening. And like spectacular fashion. Wild. They could turn it up. Um, 
the woods. Like, fuck, anyway, I can go in Jordan. I mean, this is what these people are known for. They weren't just great. Lots of people have great numbers. Marcel Dion has wicked numbers. Do you remember one goal? Wicked. When I say wicked numbers, I mean Marcel Dion is like third or fourth ever in goals. Ever. He, he might... <laughs> He was third for a while, maybe Jagger, but he's, he's up there. You know what? I'll look it up. Let's fucking look at NHL. Now, Marcel Dion. You wouldn't think, would you? Bear with me. Oh, my God. Back to it. Okay. What was I looking up? My God. Crosby, Gretzky, Lemieux. Scoring. Huh. I don't even remember. There you go. Going through those messages <laughs> mentally. There you go. I don't even remember. And you know what? I'd have to stop this. Go back. Look. Whatever it is, I'll answer it next week. Uh, unbelievable, but I don't. Uh, hey, Terry, what do you love about <clears throat> I'm going to shut this down soon. I got to go get ready for my uh, ride to the airport. And I'm in Sudbury. And when I say the airport, I'm talking Toronto. So we're looking at four hours, five hours. Um, yeah, your favorite Christmas traditions in Newfoundland. Uh, I love mummering. You know, when, when it comes down to it, why? You know, people that say Christmas is their favorite time of year. I won't say favorite because it's cold. Like, whatever. I get it. It's the best we can do with the snow and stuff. Like, the way I look at it, there's snow and ice. Let's make the best of it. Hockey and Christmas come out of that bundle. It's the best you can do with, with ice and snow. <laughs> because I don't like to know. I, I would at all times rather be in a tropical environment. I know, but I love Newfoundland. So like, you know, it's a catch 22. I tried it. I played pro in Orlando, loved it. Went back. I thought about going back. I could have gotten a job as a real estate agent, blah. But people out there that are real estate agents but hey some of my buddies stayed in orlando and like work for hockey teams and stuff the, the job that i could have attached myself to i didn't really want to do it and i'm not good at it i tried it i'm not good at it but the point is i found it really transient like there was it didn't seem like a lot of people from orlando had an identity it didn't seem as much now I'm not saying that maybe if i went to jacksonville they did i, I don't know orlando does have a lot of tourists I and mean, when we literally lived in kissimmee like right where disney world is um, but point being, you know, I, I love the weather. I wouldn't be able to stay because I have an attachment to Newfoundland and my friends and everything else, but I always say it. I don't get it. You're from Newfoundland. You're from there. Most people want to go back on one of them. The weather, you could take it or leave it, but that's where my friends and family live. And that's where I'm going to go. But in an ideal world, you know, I don't know what happened. I don't know what. Like years ago, you know, when people came over from Europe, my ancestors, there's everybody's got different histories. I'm saying my particular ancestors, or most of which is populated Newfoundland right now, a lot of them came over and they knew, they, they, they figured it out that you could just literally float south and you're going to be within days in like North Carolina, you know, Florida eventually, like, you, you could be, I could list off all the places you could go, but a lot that are better weather. But they decided to stay in Newfoundland, and I don't get it. Before, like, you know, think about it before electricity. There, that that will help 
the, the optics of it before electricity. And you're going to decide. And I'm telling you right now, it might not get as cold as everywhere in Canada. This goes not just for Newfoundland, anywhere in Canada. I don't know. And I love it. I love my fucking country. I love my province. I've bled for it, um, but, you know, and, and literally sweat blood for it. Mind in a sports capacity, but not like a fucking actual soldier. But, you know, I love my country. Biggest honor ever in my fucking lifetime outside of anything family, outside of my daughter, of course, was um, honestly even bigger than being drafted, was putting on Canada jersey. I did it under 18 in hockey. I did it, well, and under 17, all that stuff that goes with that. And ball hockey. And, you know, winning the Ball Hockey World Championship was huge, right, as a member of Canada. But the, what, what sticks with me is, like, coming in each time and throwing on the jersey. Canada, Ryan, fucking, boom, off to the races. Love it. Makes me cry. Makes me think it's, it's fucking wild. Um, so point being, I love my province. I love my country. But I just I don't get how back in the day, before any of that was a thing, if I'm just on a boat and I'm coming over going, you know what, eh. Hmm. St. Anthony. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I know it's freezing and we're on the side of a cliff and there's nobody here yet. And we don't really have the tools aren't even invented yet to make the best uh, buildings. And we don't have much of a population. And again, we don't know what electricity is. And this is where we're going to stay. Now, if we just, if we just float we're going to naturally float south and in a few days be with our friends who are already left in the fucking Florida on the beach. No, I think I'll stay here. I, 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 I just, there must have been something. Must have been a lot of criminals running from things. There must have been, I know fishing now. I know that was an industry. Yes, of course. But, and I know Newfoundland is it's plentiful. The Grand Banks before we got over fucking fish by everywhere else in the world was the most plentiful natural the continental shelf there's place in the world look into it they were they were fishing that in the movie a perfect storm george clooney ram banks and all around newfoundland codfish stories and folk tales and they go way 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 back so i get i get that side of it you're gonna make some money but there's water and there's fish in those other places as well and you don't need to be fucking huddling around a fire in the middle of the winter where it gets dark at three o'clock and three 30 in the day. It's fucking just to go see your buddy fucking Mike down the street, have a drink is torture. So cold better have a shovel of some sort. Anyway, I, I you know, uh, <clears throat> I'm glad they did it because it led me to be, and, and it let Newfoundlanders have great character and Canadians in general were good people. I think on a, I think you could ask either, I think within the world, if all the countries could just get together in a room, I, I, and, and you know, you well, <laughs> stupid, that doesn't even make sense. But if you did a poll in, in, in any willing countries, I, I think that on a world level, on a relative level, I think Canada has a pretty good reputation, right? Pretty good when it comes to, you know, not only is standard of living, but character and the people and friendliness and stuff. And, you know, I know we have our hiccups. We face adversity, but, you know, generally Canada and, and generally U.S. And I know there's a lot going on, but, you know, you, 
let's just take out all the crazy politics of it all right now. And generally, the U.S. does too, right? Generally. Um, but definitely more Canada. And I'm not being ignorant to any of my U.S. friends listening. I think Canada probably has a better reputation on a world level but by default right now. I hate to say it, but it's chaos down there. Um, well, and within Canada, Newfoundland generally has a good, you know, if nothing else, you can say that we like to have a good time. We're polite. What words would be, you know, you used to describe a Newfoundlander, you know, fun loving, um, you know, definitely like to party, like to drink, but generally, you know, those that comes from years of togetherness and, you know, we're, we're big into the arts and the same reason you're, you're sitting and trying to entertain each other and, populations less than all these towns are less than two and a hundred people there's a lot of that you know over the years of course there's going to be that togetherness and I'm, I'm certainly fucking glad but i'm also glad i got born when there was electricity but anyway um and a lot of those traits get passed down and definitely you know the fuck it let's go attitude i really like that and i think it helped me as a hockey player and that's definitely in my family and the I guess willingness to just do something and take a chance that's definitely in my family. I appreciate all that. <clears throat> just saying it's funny that people decided on a rock in the middle. I guess that's what makes us unique. But mummering, so uh you know what what separates Christmas, first of all? Like to me it, it's really just you know, friends get together and everything. It's it's if you were to narrow it down. It's lights and fire. <laughs> like, you know, if I go into someone's house and, you know, people say, I love Christmas. Well, if I'm in a room talking with you and I have a drink of eggnog and rum, say, you know, classic, and, you know, the world juniors are on, maybe that's, you know, something that's become a Christmas tradition. And, you know, just get togethers. But what stands out to me, if you took the fireplace away and you took away the lights and, you know, there's Christmas decorations which are mostly lights. It would, you can do that anytime. We just kind of choose not to, but, but even when we do, you know, I do my birthday is January 14th. I'll do the exact same thing on January 14th. My whole family will come over. My friends will come over. We will do the same. I will get gifts. I will unwrap them. It will be the same, but it won't feel the same because Christmas just happened. And now it's just a dreary day in the, in the winter. Right. But if it was Christmas, then it would be like, Oh, the fire's on and make sure we all get together and we have our jigs dinner and, you know, it's a Newfoundland thing. Let's say turkey dinner and, um, you know, the, the lights are all on and the Christmas tree and we might even sing a carol. We might, we might not. But, you know, on my birthday, we might sing fucking Glory Days by Springsteen. I mean, I don't know. We're still going to be singing. We're going to be celebrating. It's just going to seem a little bit more like, you know, what's the word? More, not morbid. It won't seem as festive. It won't seem as festive. But anyway, I enjoy that. But there's a tradition called mummering in Newfoundland that actually still happens. But uh, over the years in these in smaller places where it pretty much always happens. St. John's growing up for me was a little different, but the tradition's called mummering. So in the, your smaller towns in Newfoundland, again, for the most part, you know, you dress up and I don't mean like you dress up like Batman or something. I mean, like Halloween, you just like generally, <laughs> I hate to say this, but like pillowcases over your head. Again, that sounds real bad, but you cut slits in them. You wear like, Guys might wear bras. Uh, again, that sounds bad. So, you know, I, I, <laughs> doesn't sound bad, but guys wear bras. But I, I mean, okay, you disguise yourself. 
you put something over your head that's not really a mask. So often it's a pillowcase because that's fucking convenient. But let's not associate mummering, which is totally festive and fun. Uh, in our version of it, it started with a different, you know, it, it started in a very more much more violent way overseas. But now we're going back. I don't want to get into the history of mummering all over the world, but and it's not associated with the KKK or anything. But in our version. It was the easiest thing for a lot of these people to do. Put a fucking, you know, T-shirt or, or a pillowcase or something over your head, cut slits in it so you can't see your face. Okay. Now you put on like, you know, I don't know, overalls or coveralls, whatever you call them, and long underwear. You might, guys might put bras on. You might, I don't know, put a funny hat on over it all. But the point is that you, you don't recognize the people that are coming in, but you share a drink. So your drinks are, you know, you get an assortment like any good host but you just don't know who you're hosting and it's called mummering. There's a song by Semini, S-I-M, A-N-I, Sim and I was the original name and it could, just one word now, Semini. Now they're old school. And, but if you look up the mummers song on YouTube, it'll give a, that's, that's mummering, right? And it's, it's like eighties. It's still played all the time at Christmas at home. It's a huge tradition. I don't think many on the mainland even know what it is, but that that'll the mummers song Semini. And you'll kind of see what it is, right? Um, and you'll see it. It's not the fucking KKK. It was a bad explanation. Well, welcome one, welcome all for mummering. And um, yeah, so that that's enjoyable. But so what that's kind of morphed into St. John's, you know, cities get bigger, times change. And I'm not sure that everybody's, it's pretty wide open. I don't, there's not a whole lot of violent crime in Newfoundland, but like anywhere, it's picked up. And I don't know if really you'd, you'd just have, open your door like in the middle of St. John's go, hey, but it does, it certainly does happen. I've done it, but, and, and you know that, but, but it's rare. It's in Mount Pearl, like friends' houses, like, yeah, they don't know who we are, but they kind of do. But around the Bay, you know, that that's always been a tradition, but it, yeah, anyway, fuck, I ramble. The tradition now, they have a mummer's parade every year. This part of my actual, right when I was in doing my folklore degree, there's, it's a big, big folklore event at home, the Mummers Fest. Uh, the guy, Dale Jarvis, he's a big folklorist at home, a legend, really. And, uh, you know, St. John's has an old history, a lot of old buildings. He does like a haunted hike and things like that. Well, the, he started the Mummers Fest. So, you know, you don't want to lose these traditions. But like I said earlier, things fucking change, right? What a great sight, way to come back around to number one. Well, things change, right? They're always going to. So rather than let mummering die off because it was dying off because the smaller places where it happened are becoming ghost towns. And as cities get bigger, less and less little social events like that, very personal social events, the less they happen. But memory actually started like way over, you know, in Ireland, England, Scotland, they all had their versions. And it was often at Christmas, you know, in a lot of these places, you dress up like that, like a anti-Christmas thing led to violence but you know like you said things changed so when they came over here you know people took the mummering traditional out of these little newfoundland communities and you know made it a positive thing and it caught on and our version is you know you open your you know our version is a boozing version you know if you get drunk with your friends it always comes back to that <laughs> you know a lot of these things come back to like boozing with your buddies but it turned into that so rather than lose that completely then at the Mummers Fest every year, I'm a part of it. I couldn't believe I missed it this year, but uh, Penny Lane and Danielle Wink kept the traditional alive. Thanks, guys. Um, 
you know, we just have the parade and you kind of tell the stories. You have the parade and, you know, everybody dresses up. We go back for some free drinks and everything afterwards. Say a few words. And but it does. <laughs> so the tradition might in St. John's go a different direction, but it's not going to die off. And like I said, fucking nothing is static, including hockey rules and uh, hockey moves there. Whew. That this has been Tales with TR number 82. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Penny Posh, check it out. Uh, Women's Wear Reimagined. If you want a book, if you want a book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, or Tales or Tales of a First Round Nothing, shoot me a message. DM me or Terry Ryan at 2020 at gmail.com. If anybody sent me the message within the last two weeks on that one, I'm sorry. Uh, I had, for whatever reason, I didn't get them. I'm just getting them now and realized there was a few. But anyway, if you'd like one, uh, check out Wedgwood Cafe at home for all your catering needs. And also at the end of uh, Elizabeth Avenue, nice little restaurant. TJ's Pub, check it out. George Street, Trinity Pub, George Street, check it out. And never, can't miss Green Sleeves, downtown, uptown. Great spot. My favorite spot to go watch live music. That's it. I love it. Uh, Thanks, everybody. And uh, bear with me here. Uh, Next week, I will have guests again, as you know. Uh, It's been... A very, very busy time, if nothing else. Uh, But uh, thanks for everybody. And listen, have a great holiday one way or the other. I should get a show or two in before then. And uh, thanks again. Have a great holiday. Stay safe. Stay stay healthy. Happy holidays and hockey season. I'll be with you again this next week. Sorry. This has been episode 82. Catch you on the rebound. Thanks again.